Hey, Tyler Shields here, pastor of Rock House Baptist Church. I want to personally thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We pray that the message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to be the person that God desires you to be. Be sure to check us out online at rockhousebaptist.org where you can find out more about how to connect, grow, and go. And now, today's message.
Isn't that beautiful? These men, I mean, these were the disciples. And they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Think about all the things that they had witnessed following Jesus. They've seen miracles. They've watched him walk on the water. They heard the incredible teachings, the Sermon on the Mount, and they didn't say, Lord, teach me how to walk on that water. I'm going to make me a fortune doing that trick. They said, Lord, teach us how to pray. There's something so special about prayer. And they knew that, that because Jesus prayed all the time and looked at his life, they realized there was power in the prayer that Jesus, the prayer life that Jesus had. It was the fuel of his ministry here on earth. By the end of this series, I want you to be fairly confident in your prayer life. But a lot of our frustrations with prayer are caused by some misunderstandings, some misconceptions that we have about prayer. So I'm going to get four of these really quick. The first one is prayer is not magic. It's not you utter a bunch of words and you get what you want. God's not like... Uh, the name Robin Williams in the lamp. You rub the lamp and come out and grant all your jobs on our genie to give us our wishes. There's not a secret set of words that we up together the right way and say the right way, and God just grants whatever it is that we want. It's not there's not a fire hose. It's not something that you only pull out in an emergency. Emergency, break glass and begin to pray. It doesn't work. You should be praying long before the emergency ever takes place. Wrestling match. You have to beat God up in prayer to get what you want. Sometimes we think if we just aggravate Him enough, keep persisting, maybe God will finally just give in and time to give us what it is that we've been begging for. Speaking of begging, a lot of times we do that. Don't we? God, if you just please, please, please. God, I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you. We don't have to do that. Remember, if we don't get it through begging, we begin to make deals with God. We bargain. God, if, if you'll just answer my prayer, I'll start going to church. I'll, I'll give money to those Gideons if you'll just answer this prayer. <laughs> we don't have to beg. We'll borrow better bar. We don't borrow from God. We don't have to beg or bargain with God. What do we have to bargain with anyway, to be honest? The last thing, prayer is not our guilt relief. We mess up, don't we? Even as Christians. Every Christian says, yes, yes I do. And now you've got a problem with lying. <laughs> it was our instinct is, well, we've sinned, we've messed up, we've fallen short, we need to go to God and get rid of this guilt that we're feeling. And so we, instead of repenting from that sin, we just dump it off on God, tell Him what we've done, and suddenly we feel better about ourselves when we haven't made any progress in becoming more Christ-like. Whew! That's not the way prayer works either. Obviously, you should pray and confess, but if you do so without repenting, you're just trying to, trying to make yourself feel better through prayer. Prayer becomes a punishment rather than a privilege. Jesus taught that's not the way we're supposed to pray. So this morning, we're going to do Prayer 101, break it down, very basic. There's a story about Vince Lombardi, one of the greatest coaches in football ever. He said every year... As the players would come in, Vince would greet them with a football. And these guys that were 
an incredible athlete, probably knew more about football than most of us ever will. He would greet him with a football. He'd say, gentlemen, this is a football. He'd break it right down to the very basics. You know, it don't matter how long you're a Christian. Sometimes you need to go back to the very basics. So we're going to hit four basic truths about prayer this morning. The first one is so simple, yet so profound. And that is that God loves for me to talk to him. He loves to hear from us. And honestly, I would add, God loves for me to talk to him about anything. There's nothing that you can say that God's not interested in in your life. You're his child. As a father, if you don't know my son, he's in this stage most young men have gone through where we're totally obsessed with Mario. And he don't play that much. He plays quite a bit, but it's, it's everything's Mario. He's playing Legos. It's Mario Legos. I mean, it's He's talking about Mario, and we're having battles with Mario, and now they're just non-stop Mario. Got a baby doll Mario he sleeps with. Don't tell him I told you that. <laughs> Honestly, I could at times not care less what Mario's doing today. It almost drives me crazy sometimes. But as a father who's interested in my child, I will sit and listen to Mario until I simply can't take it anymore. Because I want to have that relationship with my son. God is no different. God wants to hear whatever it is that's in your heart and on your mind. What it is that you're interested in. Because God loves you. Your Father in Heaven absolutely adores you. And He's not, He don't get as aggravated as I do listening to His children. Matter of fact, you might even realize that those passions, those desires, those things that interest you, Good chance they came from your Creator. He hardwired those into you. Psalm 103.13 says, The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who reverence him. We could talk a lot about that as parents, couldn't we? But you know, I've been thinking about my children. I've loved my children from the very beginning. As soon as they allowed me to hold them in my arms, I, I fell in love with those kids. It's something just so amazing holding that child for the first time, that child looking up at you, and it just, it takes your heart. God the Father loves us the same way. Amen. I loved my children long before my children could ever utter a word to me. And sometimes God's children don't hear, I mean, God doesn't hear much from His children, does He? But He still loves them. But then you think about as your children grow and they begin to put a few words together. Begin to tell you what they want, what they need. You don't have to guess because they're just crying. They begin to tell you what they like, the things that they're interested in. It, it builds the relationship in a way that it, it just did not exist before they could talk. The same is true when you begin to talk to God. It fosters this incredible relationship between you and God. It takes it to a whole new level just because you're having conversation with your Father. I would add this, that there's nothing off limits when you talk to God. Sometimes we are ashamed to pray because we think that something we have in our heart or in the back of our mind or something that we've done might offend God. Well, God knows what's in the very deep, dark recesses of your mind and heart. He still loves you. He loves you enough to send Christ to die for you. There's nothing you're going to say in prayer that's going to make God blush. I promise 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, We can be confident 
approaching God. Knowing that He listens to us whenever we ask Him for anything according to His will. That's so important. I'm sure we'll hit more on that throughout this series. And since we know that He hears us when we make our request, then we can be sure He will answer us. Man, that's encouraging, isn't it? I gave you a few minutes about prayer. Here's two truths. First, prayer is a conversation. It's not a ceremony. You don't have to uh, use these fancy words and all this stuff. There's not a set of rules that you're supposed to follow when you talk to God. When you pray, it's simply a conversation between you and your Father. And in conversation, we do what? Two things. We talk, but we also listen. Probably most of our prayer lives are spent talking and not listening. We wonder, why is it, why, what's wrong with this? Well, how do you listen to God? One, God speaks to you like Harold Kemper said, through His Word. When you pray, stand with God's Word and see if something don't jump out at you. But also, God sometimes speaks right to our spirit in that still, small voice. There's been times in my life when I've been praying and seeking God, and it's almost like you can hear Him speaking directly to your heart. Second thing, prayer is a relationship. It's not a ritual. If you grow closer to God through... It's not a duty. It's not something that you should so guilty about that, that you force yourself to pray every day. It's not, it's not a punishment as a Christian to have to pray. It's a privilege to come before the throne of God, as John says, says confidently. God loves for us to talk to him. Second thing, God listens to prayers that are sincere and simple. Thank God for that. If not, I wouldn't get anything through. <laughs> but sincerity Authenticity is probably the greatest prerequisite for prayer. God just wants to hear what's going on with his kids. God does not speak and hear only in King James English. I think God speaks like we speak. And hears like we hear. You know, sometimes we feel like that's the way to get a prayer through. We'll say things like, oh, Almighty Father, if it be thou, thou will for me to get us this job so that I can tithe more and, and place this food on my table and have that on the way. You know, sometimes I think God just wants to hear, Father, if I don't get this job, my kids ain't going to eat. They ain't going to be able to keep the lights on this month, and it's killing me, Lord. I need this job. Longer is not always stronger. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like if we just carry this thing on, we're finally going to break through. But that's not always the case. What Jesus teaches. <laughs> Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, When you pray, <laughs> don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where, they, where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. That's all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, Go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you. And pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your Father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask Him. Prayer is not for showing off. Prayers for you and God. And when I ask you to pray here in a minute, I'm just kidding. But if you pray in front of people, 
Don't worry about anybody else in the room. The only person you need to worry about listening is God our Father. Sincere and simple. Hebrews 10, 22 says, Let us come near to God with a sincere heart and a sure faith. God always knows your heart. He always knows what you need before you probably realize it. So be sincere. Then he says, come to God with a sure faith. That means come to God confidently, unashamed, unafraid. Third thing, this is awesome. God likes to answer my prayers. Y'all should be like, well, that's great. God likes to answer our prayers. Okay. <laughs> I've wondered for a minute. But he does. I think God gets joy out of giving his children what they ask for. Like the Bible said, in accordance with his will. He's a good, good father. That's who he is. And I'm loved by him. That's who I am. But over, over 20 times throughout the New Testament, we're commanded to ask. Isn't that incredible? I think we should do more asking. You know why 30 kids got saved this week? I'm so, so thrilled for 30 kids didn't get saved because we ran four buses. 30 kids didn't get saved just because Brian is so uh, whatever Brian is. <laughs> 30 kids didn't get saved just because we had awesome teachers like Kim and Teresa and the others that taught the Bible lesson. I think 30 kids got saved because somebody in this church had the wisdom and the foresight to literally ask God, please save 30 kids at Bible school. And it wasn't me that did that. My prayer was more like, God, save a bunch of them kids this week. Come on. But I won't mention any names to embarrass them, but Rosetta Sizemore literally prayed for God to save 30 kids. And that's exactly what happened. God loves to answer our prayers. And he always does. Now let me change this a little bit. Do you know any good parent that ever gives a child everything a child asks for? Now there's some parents that do that. And we look at the kids and they're just rotten. But sometimes God says no. But God always answers in one of four ways. Yes. No. Not yet. And sometimes he just says, are you really asking me for that? Come on. <laughs> but sometimes God has to say no. And maturity understands the difference between no and not yet. Wait just a little while. you got to understand, your greatest blessing in life could be just on the other side of God telling you no or not yet. It's not a bad thing when your good father tells you no. Or to wait a little longer. In the words of the great theologian Garth Brooks, <laughs> some of God's greatest gifts are an answer for prayer, right? Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. There's no unanswered prayer, though. It's yes or no or not yet. But sometimes we really need to be told no. We're not yet. God always answers perfectly. Matthew 7, 11, Jesus says, If you, being imperfect and sinful parents, know how to give good gifts to your children, 
How much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? I'll be honest with you. We need to ask more. As you pray as a church over these next 40 days, as I'm encouraging you to do, we need to ask God for some very big things. We've already started. We've asked God to help us pay this church debt off by the end of the year. And I, I'm telling you, if, if, if we don't do this, if we don't follow God on this, we're going to stifle the growth that He's allowed us to see. Where are we going to put 180 kids? I mean, look around. we got to get a move on. We need more buses to haul them with. We had to beg still tomorrow buses this week to do what God wanted us to do. So pray for big things. Ask for big things for our church, for our children, for yourselves, because God loves to answer our prayers. Last point this morning. Man, I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> Last point this morning. This one will change your life. You'll hear this one. God longs to be close to me. God's desire is for you to be close to Him. There's been a lot of times in our marriage and in our relationship that me and my wife have had to be apart for extended periods of time with, with no communication. And it was always so uh, uplifting, encouraging. I mean, just out of this world when you haven't talked to the person you love more than anybody else on the face of this earth, you're welcome. <laughs> to finally be able to have a two or three minute phone call with them. Or to be able to sit down in front of the screen and, and Skype with them for a little while. Or even to get a letter in the mail from four or five days ago and finally just get to hear what's going on with them. God has that same desire for his children. Because God loves you more than you could ever imagine. And with God, we've got a 24-hour, seven-day a week, 365-day-a-year Straight line to the throne room of heaven. We're never cut off from God. You can wake up in the middle of the night at 3.30 and jump on your messenger. God's online. Isaiah 30, 18 says, The Lord waits for you to come to Him. He waits for you to come to Him so He can show you His love and compassion. God is waiting for you today. Wherever you're at in life, he's just waiting for you to come to him. Not so he can judge you. Not so he can point out all the flaws in your life. Not so he can beat you down. Exactly what's like. The Bible says so he can show you his love and his compassion. There's some parents that don't have the luxury to talk to their children. Either because of relationship strains or because of some disability, they, they love to hear from their child, but they simply can't. Others, kids won't talk to the parents, or parents won't talk to the kids for whatever reason. But God wants to talk to you. He wants that relationship with you personally. Matter of fact, that's why God made you. He made you in order to have a relationship with you. He created you so that you could be loved by him. And hopefully in return you would show that same kind of love. Our goal through prayer is to grow closer to God. And that's, when you think about what that means for your life, it's life changing. As I grow closer to God, you better be ready for the change because your life will change.
in good ways. The closer you get to God, the less stress you're going to have. The closer you get to God, the less worry and anxiety and fear you're going to have in your life. The less afraid you're going to be. The closer you get to God, the less enslaved to things that tell you. The less guilty you'll feel about your past and your mistakes. The less unhappy and unsatisfied you'll be with life as you get closer to God. And you do that prayer. The point is, and this is the essence of what prayer is all about, it's so much more than getting what you want. Even more than getting what you need. It's not just getting what you want, but becoming who God wants you to be. So who is it that God wants you to be? You probably got an idea in the back of your mind. Maybe you've been fighting for a while. I knew from an early age God wanted me to go into me. Lord, I thought that for a long time. We have an idea God wants to be. It's hardwired into who we are as a person. Think about who it is. The man or woman that God wants you to become. And I encourage you this morning, if you don't even have a clue, wait. He'll tell you. He'll show you. And if you just trust your life to Him, He'll do all the hard work. You just got to be willing to follow. And I tell you what, the greatest you can take is if you don't have a relationship with your Father at all. Come to Him. Because when we mess things up, when we broke that relationship as His children, what did He do? He made get for Jesus Christ on the cross. And we have a relationship with God. I you come this morning in prayer, seeking the Lord. Turning your life over to Him and saying, Lord, whoever it is, whatever it is, wherever it is you want me to be and go, I'm willing to do that. Would you do that today? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful, Lord, and thankful. God, for how amazing you are. Lord, for how compassionate and how much you love. And Lord, sometimes we don't even have the word to say when we come before you. We don't know what to tell you. But God, I'm just asking you that your spirit, God, would just speak to our hearts. God is said, teach us, Lord, how to pray. First, Lord, to use to tell you how we really feel. God, to confess to you the things that we need to get off our chest. God, give us the words to we trust you. And Father, I pray, Lord, if there's someone here that's just needing to take a, a step further, deeper, and then walk with you today, God, that they would have the courage. God, they would just find the God whatever it is they need God that we would realize we don't need Rock House Church today the same way we came we're a totally different person thanks to you Lord we love you in Jesus name
Thanks again for tuning in today. And remember, the greatest decision that you could ever make is to place your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation and begin a personal relationship with Him. Again, thanks for listening. God bless.